Hello everyone, welcome to Math for Knitters. I'm Lara and I have no idea what show number this is because I um, am not n at my computer. I'm at my sister's house and we spent a wonderful day at the Maryland Sheep and Wool Festival. It was a perfect day in every way except that after I recorded a fun interview with Carrie of um, the Knitwit, um, ooh, what's the rest of her tagline? Knitwit something about well anyway uh carrie of uh oh gosh this is gonna drive me nuts let me look at my i think i have some on her on my ipod of her work bad podcaster no cookie nitwit rantings of a rabid knitter i met her today at the bloggers meetup um at the Maryland Sheep and Wool Festival, and I had such a good time talking to her, and she had me tell her a story. I actually told one of my godfather's stories, but um, I neglected to lock my recorder and somehow jostled it in just the right way today to cause it to erase our interview. So I'm a little bit annoyed about that, but other than that, it was a completely perfect day. We had great weather. Fabulous, fabulous uh, things to look at, and it was my first time at the festival. So what I'm doing right now is I'm Lisa's making tea, and I'm gonna unpack my bag from today, and we are going to talk about what we've got today, and then we're going to talk about spinning philosophy. My sister spins and crochets, and um, just like me, she's very opinionated and um, very smart. So I'm gonna have her tell you a little bit more about that later. All right, see you in a bit. What, As your that? to help your agitation. I, I highly agitation. doubt that. All right, folks. The word is roughage. It's not roughage. It's like agitation. I don't know what word I would use for what you're doing to stuff when you felt it. But I have with me tonight my darling, lovely, wonderful twin sister and her darling, lovely, wonderful Hi. husband, and Lisa. Hi. And Matt. Who enjoys being called darling, lovely, and wonderful, <laughs> especially little. Did you call you little? Did you? I don't think I said little. I'm attributing a little to you. <laughs> there is a dishwasher like in the darling. background, but I'm hoping that won't matter. Okay, so I'm in uh, Virginia actually tonight, but we spent the day at the Maryland Sheep and Wool Festival, of which I was so thrilled I even forgot to tell any of my friends because I didn't want them to be jealous of me. Um, I told them on Monday, but uh, basically it. Uh, started out the weekend by going book shopping and I've there are lots of books I've been wanting to buy but hadn't actually been able to look at and so I was holding off and that all dissolved all my resolve dissolved uh, this weekend and I bought a knitting lingerie style which is a fantastic uh, really beautiful almost coffee table book um, of more than 30 basic and lingerie inspired designs by Joan McGowan Michael who is the owner of White Lies Designs and the designer there. And I'll do a full book review of all these books later, but tonight I'm just telling you what I've done. And then I also got Stephanie Pearl McPhee Casts Off, The Yarn Harlot's Guide to the Land of Knitting, which I could afford thanks to my wonderful listener donation I just received. 
And then at the festival today, I became completely overwhelmed because I'd never been there before. Couldn't even see. I couldn't even see. Like I would walk past a booth, and, and I was looking for. I bought some something at one booth, and the girl who helped me, I was explaining. I was talking about Stallman's shawls and scarves book, and I had gone. I had gone to a different uh, vendor and found that book, and I went back to show her or to tell her, or oh, the book is over at the Iron Barn. And I literally saw like four booths that I had not, I must have looked at, but did not actually see, which was a little disturbing. But I think, I think my mind just became overwhelmed and I could no longer absorb the idea that there was yet more yarn out there that wanted me to take it home. So also on the table tonight is my current work in progress, which is a dishcloth. I brought extremely boring knitting this weekend because I figured I would need something to help me calm down. And my, uh, belly dancing sweater is at the split for the underarms and I just wasn't ready to tackle that when I was uh, in flight or travel. And I also got a signed copy of Windy Knits, My Never-Ending Adventures in Yarn at, which booth was that? I, the receipt doesn't say, at a booth, I don't remember which booth, but I'm really excited about that because I think that's a really great book. And... I held off pretty well today on the yarn. I just wanted to look at everything and then decide what I wanted to do. But I did buy a Shepherd's Crook, which is about... How long is this? I guess it's about three uh, feet long. Three feet. Three feet long. And it's perfect for balancing on my head and belly dancing with it. Although I did have a very cute little boy come up to me today and ask me what breed of sheep I raise. And I said, I don't have any sheep. <laughs> I'm a belly dancer, and I demonstrated. Um, I got, got quite a few looks, but it was still, it was still fun. And um, I did manage to buy, I didn't, didn't manage to stop myself from buying uh, two skeins of beautiful silk yarn from the Blue Moon Spinnery, uh, distributed by Carolina Homespun. Their website is carolinahomespun.com. I will put links to everything I mentioned on the show. In the, in the website, and um, it was, each hank is probably about 500 yards, and it, they were $30 a hank, and I bought two, and I'm going to try to make a shawl out of them from the neck down. I haven't decided exactly what it's design I'll use, but it's wonderful. It's a beautiful, bright orange with uh, yellows and even some red in it, and it's just a gorgeous, it looks like it's on fire. It's just gorgeous, so... I'm really excited about that. And I also helped Lisa carry around her acquisitions today. Because she's a spinner, her stuff's a little bigger when she buys it. And I'm going to have her talk to you about it. It's not just bigger, it's that, it's that there's more air in it. Um, eight ounces of yarn or spun wool is a lot smaller than eight ounces of the wool you use to make it. Which makes sense, because any a knitted garment is also smaller. Even than smaller than, again, so... Today was very fun. We had a fun time driving up. There, a little bit of a challenge with the with the last couple of miles of road, but basically it, like, it had its own traffic jam. Yeah, and Maryland Sheep and Wool had its own like, what, traffic jam. On? And I was like, um, it's the festival. <laughs> Actually, what? It's I, the festival. I did not want to believe it. I, I did not. So. Um, it was also a little bit of a binge for me because last year I didn't get to go to the festival and that was the first year since I've lived in this area that I haven't gone. And so there's lots of people that I only see at the festival um, 
who remembered me better even than normal because last winter I was in the New York Times in an article about spinning, and then and then that got picked up by a spin. Okay, don't magazine. don't pass over that. My sister, her photograph, and her interview were in the New York Times. <laughs> It got I'm spinning. I'm spinning. I'm spinning, and it got it got me lots of attention at work because everyone was like, "Dude, the New York Times." And I was like, "Um, we work in a newspaper," and it was like, "No, but dude, the New York Times." <laughs> so that was kind of fun. So it was a lot of people I hadn't gotten to see for two years, and some new projects knocking around in my head. But basically, the first time I went to the festival, um, one person I always go to visit is a woman who I met because I was in the middle of this incredibly long, crazy search for the for the perfect blue wool for a friend's wedding that was coming up. And I, I had the same problem Laura had today, which was after a couple of barns of, you're just overwhelmed. Barns! Barns of vendors! Because as a spinner, especially, you're accustomed to walking into a yarn shop, being all excited about it. And then there's like, a bin of some horrifying roving and there's stuff you buy online but if you don't already know what you want it's really hard you can't grab the stuff and you know it's like my first pound of wool I still have some of it because it was some white merino from um, Australia which is very good stuff but it's just it's compact and it's hard to spin and it's you know delicate so it doesn't lend itself to, cer to certain kinds of projects so anyway um, Maryland Sheep and Wool was my first chance to really do just spinning stuff all day for two days. And I spent, I, but I was totally broke. And I spent all day walking around trying to find the right blue, and nothing was right. And I wasn't even anywhere close to being able to, to prep or, or even to dye or prep my own fiber because at the time I, I had a very small apartment and I was an exclusively spindle spinner. So I turned the corner and there's just, just it was just the perfect blue that I was I had in my head. And the woman's name was Maureen Kane of Barn Swallow Farm. And she's an incredible lady and she, she has a small flock of her own Lincoln crossbred sheep, which in the summer she cards into these beautiful two ounce bats, which she sells for about five dollars and fifty cents, which is it's a premium price, but it's a it's an I mean there's literally there was no VM in it. It's a beautiful product. It was the first time I've been spinning for about a year and a half, and when I sat down to spin the first bump of yarn of wool I had from her, I I literally lost track of about three hours of my life. I just didn't even know. Whereas before, every little inch of yarn was this huge ordeal. Spinning her wool was just this like incredible thing for me. And I, you know, your mileage may vary, but I was just—I'm basically a fan. What's weird is she remembers me and talks to me like I'm her good friend and like we know each other really well. We've had maybe an hour of conversation in our lives, and and I've probably spent less. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say approximately at this point maybe $120. It's not like I'm like making helping her make her rent. I'm not a strong customer, but she always remembers me and treats me very kindly and you know sends me little sample cards and she's just an incredible woman. So I would highly recommend Maureen Kane just for that. Um, then also a woman who I, I mentioned today to Laura. I didn't realize we. It, I didn't know who she was. I knew her. 
from the um, uh, this Arachne spinning group that's in Maryland that I used to go to quite a bit. It's a monthly meeting. And I, I knew her. And then I also had a couple of spindles of hers where I was drooling over them anyway. And I didn't realize it was the same person because her official name is Helen. And in spinning circles, she goes by Hala. And it was sort of this double life thing because we knew each other. We had long, lively discussions on theory and balance and spinning overall and its life in the modern world. Didn't she said that you had one of her, you were the inspiration for one of her spinners? She, she, she said I was part of the, well, I kind of reviewed, I gave her like an editorial review of this one spindle that she designed. I can tell that story in a minute, but. The freaky part is that there was about a year there where I, I knew Hal, Hala, the artist, and Helen, my friend, and, and it took me a long time to realize they were the same person, although I, she must have realized who I was. I don't, I don't think it occurred to her that I didn't know that from the way I... <laughs> good thing I never flamed her on spinless. So, like, woo. Um, but she's a great lady, too, and I got to introduce Laura to her finally after years and years, and tomorrow, one of my major goals for tomorrow, now that I've done all this shopping is that I, I do want to take some time to sit down and actually visit with her. Because since my job has been so insane, I haven't I haven't been to meeting in like, I don't know, probably a year and a half. And, and, and so people might have passed away. I mean, literally, I don't have any idea. And, and the thing that's sad about this with Arachne is that by about 25 years, I'm the youngest member. And by about 50 years, I'm much younger than the oldest member who is these incredible matrons of the craft who I just adore and really, really encouraged me when I was a very weak spinner and not really that good at anything. They were so kind and supportive and sweet to me. So they're just incredible ladies. Um, the thing with Helen was that three years ago, the Native American Museum opened in Washington, D.C. And she wanted, she felt inspired by this and she wanted to do a spindle that kind of referred to that. So she designed this whirl that it, she's selling it now in a drop spindle, but it's very heavy. And she originally designed it to be on, on like a Navajo type spindle, which is the long like a supported spindle. A support. It's not just a bit. No, but it's like a big supported like spindle. It's like spindle? it's like the ginormo, like great granddad. It's the biggest spindle you're ever going to see. It's huge, and it, it is also it's supported and. It's a mid-whirl spindle, and so it's this big disc, and she had originally, so it was it, it was for her inspired by the Native Museum, and so she just wanted to make sure basically that it wouldn't offend anybody. And so she essentially asked me for to review it and make sure that it was appropriate for this non-Indian woman to design the spindle. And I, one thing I don't think anyone's gonna notice, but secondly, it was, it was fine, and there's nothing, there was nothing in, in, inappropriate about it. And it's a really neat design. It's got kind of, um, it's like a re re reference to Changing Woman, which is a Navajo myth. It was a, a woman who's a, sp a spider. And it's got basically like this kind of female fem figure bent over, clearly kind of spinning something. And then there, there's a spider web pattern over the whole face of it. Her spindles are incredibly creative. And, and the thing I love about them is they're polyclay which makes them less intimidating, I think, because they're not this huge, like, they're just not that big of a deal. And I feel like that's a really important thing in spinning is to have stuff that isn't a big deal. 
and it bridges the gap between the CD spindle and these, you know, beautiful pieces of art that I have, like from like the Bothwells and that kind um, of. I I deleted this part too, unfortunately, but I had a few a very short interview with her, and you said you told her that one of your spindles had broken. What did, what did she say? She said it has a lifetime guarantee, and I I, I can just get it to her and she'll fix it. And so if you, if you find the cat, I, I do know where it is. It's just we need to move one of the bureaus that it fell behind the little ear feral and I said well, my husband was getting ready to fix it and then we dropped the ear and she was like I'll fix that <laughs> like, so I love I love her kitty spindles the best she's been making them more realistic the one that I have is more of um it's like a riff it's 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 definitely like a natural color but it doesn't have like a cat you know color like it a tuxedo a coloring no, it still has a cat face, but I like the coloring, for instance. Whereas the ones I saw today were more like you could see discern breed tabby Siamese that kind of stuff. I would actually like some at some point to request. So I know she'll do it if I ask her. I would like to give her a picture of Boo and have her make it colored like his face was, which is the white little chin. That's my sister's sweet cat from the <laughs> little baby Boo. But he, he had a good life. He did have a good life. So. So that was my big kind of circuit. The other big thing was I, I went to the Journey Wheel folks. That's another, that, that's sort of my three people I always talk to. And who's the third? The Journey Wheel guys, the Bossworths. So and Helen, but but Journey, jo- Helen, Maureen, and then Jonathan and Sheila. And Jonathan, I didn't actually just talk to Jonathan today. He was in the middle of talking with some other people. I didn't want to bother him. But Sheila is always very sweet. And, and the poor thing, I mean, they're always on the road. She doesn't remember me. But. The thing that I remember about them, and oh, and then also I always go to Carolina Homespun. But the thing I remember about them was that Jonathan. This is when I was the second year I was at the festival, and I was ready to kind of ignore all the shopping and just you know worry about equipment. And I was thinking about buying a wheel, but I was in what we call like the contemplation stage. Like I I knew I wanted one, but I didn't have like a plan to get one. And I didn't have any money. We were to- This is when we were literally month to month on our on things like rent and our bills, and but I I wanted to be ready when I did have money. Like I had a I had some extra work I had taken on to make some little spending money, and I I kind of had a vague idea that I might if I had some money be able to get like a really cheap wheel, like a, a three hundred four hundred dollar range is what I was thinking. But I, I tried everything. But the point is that having been exclusively a spindle spinner for three years, I didn't know how to spin on a wheel. And it was the middle of finals and I was working three jobs and I was having this really stressful time. So I ended up kind of loitering around a bunch of booths and it was John's of the, the journey wheel people where I was sort of loitering and he offered to, sh- I said, well, I want my interest in wheel spinning, but I don't have any money and I, I you know, I don't want to don't want to take up anyone's time when I'm not as seriously going to purchase. And, and he, he basically demanded that I sit down right there and he showed me, he basically sat there with me and for almost a whole hour, let me play with his wheel and taught me how to spin, taught me the basic mechanics of why, how you adjust a wheel to do different things. And it was just really phenomenal. And I, I still feel a little guilty that I haven't bought any of his wheels yet. Although I do own, I think at this point three or four spindles, two of which were like made just for me that I ordered special and paid a premium price for. So, I mean, I, I've sort of paid him at least what I would have bought, what I would have paid for like someone to teach me how to spin. But it was just very, very thoughtful man, and I really like him. Um, 
And then also across the aisle from him, the Carolina homespun people let me try a bunch of different kinds of wheels. Uh, so today I went and bought like a little nail file from them. It's just a cool nail file. And I bought my giant. That's where she bought her giant. So, yeah. so I felt like I gave them some business, you know, and they gave me a little bit of a discount on the nail file, but it was nice. Yeah, it was like forty cents. It's still it's sort of nice. The two dollars even versus you know, because I could get a nail file anywhere, but. I needed one for my my purse basically, and I this is a cool one. It has a little crocheted lace pattern and crochet hook, and on the back it has their information. So it's it's clever. Um. So yeah, so the weird part is that I didn't buy any of the wheels I tried because later a few about six months later I had a windfall where one of my friends from Arachne mentioned that one of her friends was looking to sell this wheel that she had and it was a Norman Hall and it was actually a wheel that I had tried a similar one of the newer versions of it and I had told him I remember my notes actually said you know beautiful wheels very fine construction you will never be able to afford one of these wheels because I believe now they're about 2000 a piece and there's also, I, if if I recall correctly, at least at the time, there was a multiple year waiting list. Like you would order it, plunk down your two grand, and then not even see the thing. So, so that was, you know, it was this unattainable ideal. And then just by luck, this woman didn't want hers and wanted it in good hands. And I'd been prepared by my colleagues on spend list for all kinds of you know, horrific possibilities because it had been in storage. But anyway, bottom line is it's a perfect wheel. It's a it's a it's a Norman Hall. I won't repeat the really horrible thing that my my friend told me about it. Um, but wait, what? I, there's something I really can't repeat, like to okay. the microphone, because um, <laughs> the people involved are you know protect the not innocent. But anyway, the the wheel is perfect, and I got it for oh, the, so the nineteen. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, like, sorry. And it's a 1980. I got I got it for the 1982 price, and it was great. So the thing is, the fr the frustrating thing about that is I sort of skipped to the best wheel that I wanted. Although there is still one wheel in the world that I wish I wish I had. You know, it's like that silly little card says I she wishes she if only she had bought it when she first saw it. Um, because I who knew right Timberlakes which is this British producer, had this little cottage industry thing, and they would have, they had this wheel that I still, I just adore it. And it's a, it's a gossip-style wheel, chair-style wheel, and it's just beautiful. And I, I don't recall what they run for, like, at the time. They ran for, like, $1,500 or something. I wish I had, like, put something in hock or something because... Like, literally, within a year of me saying, well, I'll just wait. I'm sure I'll be able to find more. These just stopped. There was, like, fire or something, and they just stopped making them. So they don't exist. Like, there's just no way. You have to buy them from someone now. You can't get them. And they're timber tops is what it's called. And they're, oh, my God. So that's the only real regret. But the point is that I didn't have to work up to, like, the nicest wheel that I wanted. I, I just got it. And... Even today, the only wheel I found that I even really was interested in trying, aside from the fact that just for emotional reasons I want a journey wheel someday, and you know for fantasy reasons, like the same way I want a Jaguar, I want one of those go you know, golding ring three 
beheaded, like, awesome monstrosity, let's throw some money into something to keep it from the grandkids type deal. Like, but I don't actually want it. You know, the only one I really wanted was this, there's an electric spinner, mainly because I'd want to be able to ply on it. And that's really all I'd want to do. Also, it was pretty cool. It's pretty darn cool. And the guy is cool. The like, part cool of it too. is, one of the things about spinning and this whole industry is that the people who have, like, the cottage industry, and most of it is, like, 95% of the people you meet at these things, like, you know, it's it's some guy who just likes the stuff. He's just so sweet and, like, old-fashioned. And it was, I felt really jaded, though, because at one point he was like, well, it has a, you know forever guarantee and I was like thinking to myself well how long are you planning on living <laughs> like, I'm going to outlive you you old cute you know and but he was it's just the sweetest it's silent and it's just the only issue with it is that it is a scotch engine device which for me like I just prefer to use double band because it, it forces you to consistency although with a scotch engine using a um, woolly winder Unless you're just going to be all over the place anyway, you can still do a pretty good job. Now, this so. is also this is also one of the good points that Carrie made today, which is that she comes to Maryland Sheep and Wool partly to get her hands on things because she's a touchy-feely person in her words, but also so that she can have an opportunity to buy from the producer. She wants to support farms. She wants to support people who actually do the dyes. So while there are storefronts um, at... The festival she really prefers to buy from the actual producers and so do I I love to buy from producers and if nothing else you might get a little discount because it's the festival but if nothing else you're saving the shipping and for me I also have the added extra fabulous special thing of getting to see my sister so you know really it's just it's just a perfect thing so oh tea 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 oh, okay we're gonna take a pause now for tea just to get you started again in the vein of what we recorded before, I know oh. you're a little more tired now, <laughs> yeah. but I'd like to know, as a knitter, um, what is your opinion of some of the yarn that you see? Well, I'm not a knitter, but as a spinner. Uh, <laughs> we, we got into this because we were talking about like why I don't really need another wheel, which is basically that my Norman Hall does both scotch tension and double drive, which doesn't actually even matter now because now that I know my preferences I always spin in double drive and it's because it's more consistent creates a more um forces you to a more consistent product because I really feel like a lot of the not quote novelty yarns that I see around um could basically be spun by like rabid monkeys or this is an directional mic is it um, it's pointed at you right okay, now. Okay, so. so like rabid monkeys, or or I think the, the phrase I came up with this morning was something to the effect of like, I could spin better yarn like with my feet and my eyes closed or something. Uh, I think it was my eyes closed. in my sleep, in with, my my sleep with my feet. <laughs> which, <laughs> I think we should all take a gauntlet I, thrown down. I am now, in fact, um, uh, considering just for show... How I can spin, at least with my feet. I don't know about the sleeping part. <laughs> Although I've been known to perform complicated maneuvers in my sleep. I wouldn't put it past me. But definitely now going to see if I can maybe spin. I think I might be able to do like a, a long, like, long draw worsted style with my feet. Um, I should probably have asked Helen what she thinks of that. But um, 
Because for me, the consistency and having a really nice, strong, long-wearing yarn is really, really important. I, I, I honestly someday want somebody to say, I want someone to ask me where I got something and say I made it and have them not believe me. That's really, that, that's the goal. And in fact, I, I reached halfway there because last summer I, I had a thing where I had to go to a party for a girlfriend and some mutual friends. I was doing a project for another one where we were collaborating on a spinning and, and, and knitting project. And the point is I had to bring a, like a four ounce put up of some of the silk I was spinning for her. It was a two-ply white silk from Trinway Silks, which is honestly the most consistent and the best silk supplier I've, I've found. Although, t to be fair, I've never used anyone else. But um, I've just been so pleased with them. I see no reason to look her anywhere else. So anyway, um, I brought this yarn to my to this party, and other girls had to see it because there are other knitters there. And they, they literally were like, okay, so where'd you buy that? And I said, well, I bought the silk from these plate people in Canada. Well, yeah, but, I mean, where'd you get the yarn? And I was like, no, I mean, I made it. And they were just, you know, because these people knew me four years before when I was literally calling Laura excited that I had spun like, my first yard yeah, of yarn. Not not actually realizing that that's like, that's like saying that I like, you know, cast, I mean, I guess casting on is actually a big deal. Casting on is actually hard. It would be like, it would be like knitting your very first ruffle. Yeah, it was just a very tiny step. And I you know what's, what's funny is like not even 20 feet from here I actually have a piece that I managed to incorporate that shitty little yard of yarn into. So like, so that's pretty cool. And um, so yeah, it was just really, that was sort of my goal. So I, the thing is though, that especially, you know, these hippie slubby style yarns, I just don't get because as, <laughs> as a, as a, well, honestly, as a weak crocheter, I need my yarn to be consistent for the product to look decent. Um, and in my experience, if, especially if you have really wide variations in, in diameter and in twist, it's just going to fall apart. Fiber requires an even hand and a consistency to, to wear. Now, if what you're going for is something that you wouldn't normally have, like I have friends, like one of the girlfriends who came to the, to, to the festival today literally expects to pretty much replace her whole wardrobe every year. And she buys inexpensive clothes that happen that she likes, but she doesn't expect any of her clothes to last for more than a, than one or two seasons, or maybe two seasons. And just the way she grew up, like she just doesn't think that's something that she should worry about. And if if that's the way you want, if it's a fun little project that you want to invest your time in and not have it, you know, be able to have your grandkids know about it, then then yeah, you can go ahead and. It's been slubby, arty yarn, but I'm not going to waste my time yet. In case you can't tell from my show's tagline, take control of your knitting, Lisa and I are both very into control. <laughs> it's an extension of my control freak personality that I like to spin a nice, tight, worsted style. Um, uh, short draw, medium draws. I typically, I'll try. I've tried to spin wool and it does not happen. It doesn't stay that way at all. Like it, it goes, like, flips right back to the real tight, real lean wearing yarn. Hey, well, tell me about what you, um, what you bought today. Oh my God, it didn't seem like much, so I put it out on the table like that. <laughs> well, for one, I bought a a glass 
washboard. I've actually been looking for a washboard for a while, and I know Helen today mentioned like this place I'm supposed to know about. I don't know about it. I don't know what she's talking about. There's like a Korean market somewhere in like middle of nowhere, Maryland, where you can get plastic ones. But like I thought this was sort of cool, and it was it was it was the range of what I was willing to spend on it. And, and what's what's funny about it is I suspect it might be the last washboard company in the United United States. In fact, I'm planning on googling that because that, that would be interesting to me. So basically, or at least you know, that has glass because I have the exact same make and model because I bought it in the town. It's Logan, Ohio. Where it's from, yeah. And um, does it have the company's name on the Crystal back? Crystal Cascade. Yeah. And uh, right yeah, it's, no, it's the Columbus, Columbus washboard, washboard company, company in Columbus, Ohio, but really and they're made in Logan. By, yeah, by the ColumbusWashboard.com. Yeah. Oh, the website is ColumbusWashboard.com. And I bought it in Logan at a fair right before I left Ohio. And um, I really like mine. I don't use it quite as much as I think Lisa will, but um, well, it's I, nice. I'm thinking of starting a felt and doing more kind of crafty stuff versus just, you know, really high-end yarn. And... Also, honestly, I hand wash a lot of my linens, and I've been having a hard time getting things I want really as clean as I want them. So that's the dual reason. And glass, because I just don't trust, oh, you know, I've seen a lot of washboards that are metal that don't look good anymore. They rust. And I also, Helen today mentioned a source of plastic ones. Which to me sounds like one of those like sounds like a good idea but maybe not type ideas. So she says they could fold. They fold up and blah blah blah. You know, I just I kind of want some. You know, now that I have a house and I have space, I want this kind of stuff. The real thing. And in fact, if I lived in an apartment cell, it's just such a neat looking thing. I probably could I could probably like find some way to put some little hooks and eyes on it and like use it as a like I would probably it'd be a fun installation in a small bathroom, for instance. You could hang it on the wall as art. You could even stamp, like, with ink stamps all around, you know, and do something cool, like, arty with it, make it, like, your pretty thing. I might still do that. I'm going to say I'm going to do that. I probably won't do it. Did you take a photo of everything on the table? Yeah, I did. Can you send that to me so I can put it Yeah. Okay. I can actually burn you a disc. Oh, that would work. Yeah, that'd be good. Remind me in the morning. Um, I also bought some felting needles and assortment because, again, I'm trying to more interested in sort of felting, and that's one of the big things. And also, needle felting has gone come so far. I mean, I first heard about it. I was with you. It was maybe, where were we? It was some sort of fair like this. Was it the fair after? It was a little it? one after. So it was a one. So it was a one. It was a, we went to a teeny tiny fiber festival in Massachusetts. It was raining like crazy. It was the weekend I graduated from college. Yeah. I bought this little tiny spiral bound book called Felting Fun for Fiber Fanatics. And new, you know, new use, of yeah, whatever. And um, I th- and I I think we saw that this the booth today from the same people, and man, it has just yeah. exploded. Well, and the other thing that I can also tell you, just for the fair, the first year I went, which was '02, there was pretty much those guys, and then some people had like a couple of little projects. There were some little kits. There was a little wizard kit that Carolina Homesfront had out that was really popular that people were using. But today, there there was a whole booth that wasn't, it wasn't selling kits, it wasn't selling needles, it was selling just the sculptures. Yeah. Like, really like cool. as if they were just, and they were awesome. Yeah. But it was just 100% different. The, the level and the percentage of the wall space, the relative space that you saw out of needle felting was, I, I think, at least has quadrupled. Um, so I got that, and then also in that same vein... Because I like to spin fine wool, I tend to keep only fine wool in the house. 
So I bought some coarse, just like core wool for felting. Um, I bought some buffalo fiber. I know I have buffalo fiber upstairs, washed, laboriously hand-picked. I don't even want to look at that stuff anymore. So I bought some de-haired, ready-to-spend bison fiber, and I'm hoping that this will finally break my problem with short fibers. Um, and then I got four bumps of the carded wool from my friend Maureen. Uh, two of them are gray and kind of into the sparkles, and the other was a light kind of frosted blue. I, some kind of capelet is coming together into my head. Who knows what will actually happen? It's only eight ounces of fiber, so it can't really be that much stuff. And then I got, actually ended up getting half a pound, or no, a pound, full pound, of this dark green dyed wool, which I assume is merino, with a toss of silk kind of shot throughout it, so it will it will work up to being basically a dark green field with little shots of white in it. And I'm, I'm just really drawn to this. And this is from Little Barn, which are the people who two years ago sold me the red, the pound of red merino silk and alpaca, which I'm just finishing now, um, from which I made my AIDS awareness scarf. And I've just been incredibly pleased with these guys and their blends and their dyes. So I kind of reward them again with that. The one thing with them is they're so busy during the show that they don't really give good customer service. Like I, I was looking at this really cool green that had white flax in it, which to me looked interesting but weird and I wasn't sure about it. Beat down the door because I then, I then found what drew, drew me to it was the color. Door because I talking weird and I wasn't sure about it. And really, if someone had been available to talk to me about why they would do that blend, I would have bought it. But I couldn't get anyone's attention. And I wasn't going to beat down the door because I then, I then found what drew, drew me to it was the color. Those two colors. And so I found this alternative, which was something more in my comfort zone as far as the softness and the quality. And then I got um, from... Dogwood Ridge Farm, some, it's a color they called copper. I would call it more like almost a burnt sienna, but less burnt, so I guess lightly toasted sienna. <laughs> and, a, and a contrasting kind of bright blue now that I see it spread out on the table. But that's about 13 ounces total of those. And that's because that's my new company logo's colors. And I, I've got some ideas shaping up in my head. We have a board meeting in a few weeks. I may pull something off, but I also have this shawl I'm working on that I'm trying to be really good about. So I'll probably not do anything. I'll probably buy this stuff. I'll sit in the closet for a year and then like next year I'll have some incredible ideas. So that was my Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Is that it? What about the blue and the gray over there? I said that's the marine paint. Oh, okay. Okay. That's it. Cool. Didn't mean to snap at you. I'm just oh, that. You're tired. Okay, well, we're tired, so we are going to get ready to go to bed and go to bed, and um, we might talk some more tomorrow. Hopefully, I can get a few more interviews and not erase them this time. <laughs> All right, see you guys later. Okay, well, for some reason, uh, this thing keeps starting over, and I don't know if it's erasing what I have done before or if it's keeping it. So I changed discs and hopefully 
I will get to keep whatever I record today. <laughs> um, welcome to Math for Knitters. I'm, I'm trying a different disc, see if it makes a difference at all. We shall see. Okay, so it's uh, Sunday, and it's our second day here at the Maryland Sheep and Wool Festival. And it is gorgeous. It's a little cooler and windy, which reminds me of my home in South Dakota. And um, I had to borrow a pair of tights from Lisa, because <laughs> I wasn't expecting uh, such cool weather. But hopefully it works out. And so far it looks pretty nice. We're at the Honey honey and Beeswax. Uh, the beefolks.com, so it's kind of fun. Okay, first impressions um, from the festival is <laughs> we didn't have a traffic jam today like we had yesterday, although that could be because we were earlier. It's not quite 10 o'clock. Um, but still, we turned the corner and you saw this giant parking lot full of cars and it made me laugh. <laughs> so it's kind of funny because uh, looking at the different yarns makes me gasp and cry and make various pornographic noises and looking at the cars and the traffic and all the people and all the different booths and everything makes me laugh. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. Prepare! <laughs> okay, we're, we're being a little silly. Uh, if I put it on hold, what happens? Oh, it still was recording. Okay, good. We um, actually like paid attention to the shawl. Yes, it was nice. We had a, um, woo! Lisa's wearing the Icarus shawl I made for her birthday over her head, but it still comes all the way down to her belt loops, so we're good. Little sheepies! Oh, they're so cute. I love looking at the sheepies. Um, yeah, sheep, those are sheepies. Um, <laughs> but at least I'm never teasing because on the way here, there's a sign where the highway ends. It says, prepare! The highway is about to end. It's prepared like two exclamation points. Literally two exclamation points. <laughs> and in case it has managed to get rid lose my recordings from yesterday and last night um <laughs> come, come back here come back here come back here oh look at this what is this yarn this is my twin sister lisa who's never been on the podcast before <laughs> it's a wool mohair one single, single ply well you can do it with mohair it's sticky um but so say hello to the podcast lisa. hello She's a spinner and a crocheter, yes. and just like me, she's very opinionated and fun. So yes. we're having a great time. And okay. I just sat, sat down. Just sat down. You don't know anything about it. I know a bit about it because last year I did make a red scarf uh -huh. at Valentine's Day for the project. Basically, as I understand it, it's for uh, orphans, people who have aged out of the official systems, but they're still orphans. They're at college and they're really alone, quite a limited support system. And so I think three or four times a year, a package of things is sent to them at the beginning of the year, uh, things to get off to a start at college. Uh, it doesn't have to be a scarf, a red, but it, usually it's nice if it is. Valentine's Day red, uh, preferably washable, but anything. And I forget the other two. Uh, if you Google Red Scarf Project, you'll find webs that will give information 
the dates, the items that are being collected, collection points. And, and how many people would you say they serve in a year? Like how many? We could probably go to the I have website no idea. I'm just curious. Okay, so yeah, let's go to the website and find out. Okay. You'd better go to the website. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> you know which one it is. Come on. Okay. Okay. Lisa's a spinner, and she's very precise. I'm, I'm very precise, and I, and because of that, I prefer double drive systems, and that was part of why also a lot of the new wheels that are coming out. I'm not interested in because they're Scotch tension, which is you know sloppy. And, and here's the here's the here's the uh, the journalist question. So how do you how do you feel about art yarns and the new novelty kind of things you're seeing coming out more now. Like with the slubby and the thick and thin and the different twists. I could I could spin better asleep with my feet. <laughs> and now I'm gonna really try. I think I could pull off a long drive on my left foot. That's pretty flexible. <sighs> but the yeah. first one I said there were a lot of F words and yeah. Right. Yeah, right. So, so Lisa do you I no, I live in New Jersey, and Jersey? she lives in Oregon. She's visiting. Oh, oh my God! Yep. So did you fight in New Jersey and then come up, or did you fly here? I flew to New Jersey and then came down here. How far a drive is that? I don't know. About like three and a half hours. It was it was a nice drive. Like yeah. it's only 200 miles from New York. From New did you York take the bus here. or did you drive? No, we drove. It was a really nice drive. Good. Yeah, it it was good. We're loving these podcasts. This I'm telling you, coldest, it's great. This is the coldest. I'm trying to trying to get her to make an iPod purchase so that she can listen to them at her you house. You can listen to it on your computer though, because yeah. I have I ha didn't have an iPod for a long time. Most yep. people don't do it on an iPod. They actually but it is nice. Yeah. You know, especially if you live somewhere nice. like like New Jersey, where you might be on on the on the subway. And, right. You know, like, a lot. It's just uh, it's, it's nice to have it portable. Like it is. They have a big knitting and spinning community so, up there. Cool. Yeah. I, I, it's fun. It's fun to do. Oh, it's great. You're and, doing it. Yeah. Be careful today with the wind. It will affect. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a direction oh, I have to overproduce. Yeah. Okay. You're right. I mean, I. Knitting or crocheting because what I am is I, I came to this through spinning. I'm not a craft person who took up spinning. I took up spinning and love spinning. And so to me, that's the main, the main attraction. The thing with spinning, though, is unless you're interested specifically in history and and like, or you're really interested in making your own wheels or messing with, you know, or collecting wheels, the books are very. There's a big gap between the very beginning stuff and the beginning color theory and like how to spin little pamphlet type things, and there's a big gap though from that to like the high end, you know, kind of arty theory of spinning that doesn't tell you how to do anything and assumes you know what's going on and. And essentially, once that, and I know this guy doesn't have a good reputation, like personally, but I don't remember his name right now. But the, the gentleman who wrote the book, that's sort of the big book of spinning, it's such a good book and so thorough and so full of information that since I bought that book and read the whole thing, I just don't need any more spinning books. And more spinning books are just like, eh. And same thing with crochet. Once you get past the like, there's a lot of books that have the very basics, how to start crocheting and blah, blah, blah. And I know I'm not a strong crocheter. I'm not very good at it. I don't really like to do it. I don't spend a lot of time on it. And, but there's like this big gap between books like that, that like spend half the book telling you how to, how to effing hold your hook. And, and then, you know, here's a couple of little patterns and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then there's this huge gap in these crazy, like, projects you would never, ever do unless you're a professional crochet designer. I like, you know, I understand the desire and, like, wanting to take well, inspiration so, and techniques or whatever. But when it comes down to it, there's just these, like, these massive projects, like, you're never going to do. And so I find that really 
awkward now because I, I am interested in reading more and knowing more about crocheting but there's a point where it's just a matter of it's something you just need to sit down and do and and buying books about it is just putting it off and, and now you're seeing directly Lisa why doing a podcast is not really so difficult for me <laughs> just talk <laughs> oh, you look totally different without your hat. That too, but yeah, I, I found a fan. A fan of both of us. Her name is Lisa. Really? Yeah. Lisa. Uh, and Lisa was, my sister was like, oh, she used a podcast it's called Math for Energy. Paul, I don't know what podcasts are. And the lady was like, um, I have it on my iPod right here. And it's like, it's Lisa. Lisa. It's a fan. I'm accusing her. Lisa, here's your, here's your notebook back. <laughs> You're just tired. It's fine. She's from uh, New Jersey. Uh-huh. And I didn't get your name. I'm Carrie. Sheila? Yes. Sheila, nice to meet you again. I, I stopped and interviewed yeah. Sheila about uh, the Red Scarf Project. Yeah. How much I enjoy your stories. Yeah. It's wonderful. She asked me a really hard question yesterday, which is what was your favorite story? Yeah. The cat. When you lost the cat and got the cat back, yes, because I lost my cat, Shadow. Yeah, I remember Shadow. And oh, yeah. finally got her back, like six months later. It was oh, weird. That's so sad. It was, I got her back, oh, though, yeah. after so long. <laughs> and I like the, the going to get the, um, the hay story, too. My hay hay? Yes, because we have a pop-up and I can't back the thing up if my life depended on it. I would be so screwed. <laughs> I was a, uh, I was just, uh, I, I brought the fleeces down to be processed with Zeilingers and I couldn't carry my big cup right. and the fleeces at the t- same time and I'm like dying because I'm always sipping. So I was going back up there to get it and I'm like, okay, there's a back van, there's a black van. No, wait, it doesn't have the dinks in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> that one's not mine. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that fender's too smooth. Right. Move on to another black that's van. Right. That's right. <laughs> it's Sam's flower today because it's too windy. Oh, oh yeah. it is. So, I know, it's, it's windy. It's cold yeah, this too. This is just like home. Plus, you're down in North Carolina. My folks are down in Chapel Hill, so I'm down there all the time. So I feel like you're you're uh, right in my neighborhood. Yeah, (laughs) it's great. She has animals. I have five sheep, two Angora rabbits, a great Pyrenees puppy, and a monster kitty who mostly hides under the bed. That's funny. I also have a shy kitty. Yeah, but there's another kitty that's the one who watches me go to the bathroom every morning. Yeah, oh, your monster watches her go to the bathroom every morning. Yeah, well, I she, have a different one that does that. She well, I mean, it's yeah, not it's only not that; it's like she insists that I get up and go to the bathroom. I mean, at a certain time, if I haven't gotten up, she'll come and she'll get in my face and she'll yell at me. Now, one thing I didn't tell you guys is that I can go back to bed. Oh, oh, you're lucky. You are yeah. lucky. So, you know, all I have to do is get up and urinate, and then I can right. go back to bed, and she leaves me alone. You don't have to feed her. I put her on an she automatic her feeder. Oh. Is it smart? Because she thought it was the food. But no. And, and the cat accepts it. It's the time master cat. <laughs> yeah. She just needs her fix of you. I guess. <laughs> That's it. She's really funny. And aren't these, these people have the greatest stuff? Oh, oh they got, like, We didn't get over here at all yesterday. So oh, I'm just yeah. like, ah. I did buy some silk. I bought. I'm so thrilled to have someone recognize me. <laughs> okay, now one of the things that we're noticing is that Sunday is a lot quieter. Um, it wasn't just because Lisa and I were actually on time the way we wanted it to be, but it was it simply is quieter. And I think a lot of people 
Why do we think that is, Carrie? Do we have a theory? Well, I think it's a couple of things. One of which is a lot of the big buy items are sold out. People get here early and they dive in and get it. So those are gone and more of the heavy duty serious shoppers come on Sunday morning. A lot of people are at church and then in the afternoon, if you're still here, you'll find that you'll see a lot of non-spinners, non-knitters, just people who want to come out and do something with the family and see some animals will show up. So Sunday is a definitely a different feel than Saturday. Saturdays are hectic, pushing, shoving, crowded. Oh. I had a I had a different strategy this year. This year if I saw a crowd, I went the other direction. I also noticed that with some booths, like you'd go there and it would be so full you couldn't even get in. And if you waited five minutes and went back, it'd be empty again. It's like a swarm. <laughs> yeah, knitter swarm. You try and get either behind or in front of the swarm. And I, I, I had a great time yesterday, mostly because I just refused to get into the 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 fray. Right. Right. And uh, I mean, why strain yourself on the ship for something really specific? You know? Right. And a lot of the the vendors that I really liked weren't here this year, which was a slight disappointment. Um, Quegu wasn't here, and Hatchtown, where I usually get a drop spindle from, they weren't here either. So with those two being the only two I'm really willing to stand in line for, then the rest of it's just, you know, anything really pretty or fancy that catches my eye. Did you get a big haul? Oh, uh, not as big as I have in the past. I've got a couple of ounces of some merino silk blends. And I also picked up a bump from Barefoot Spinner. I really like her color sense. And I bought a couple of spindles. I always have to get a couple of spindles. I, I love spindle spinning. It's so relaxing. So that's more or less, oh, and bags. <laughs> Got lots of yes. How many knitting bags do you have? Innumerable. I'm I am looking for the perfect bag, so I keep buying bags and trying to find the perfect one. And and none of them are absolutely perfect. For a long time, my boyfriend Wayne would give me a hard time about buying bags until he figured out that each bag had a different project and a different use then he understood and he's even been so good as to know which bag to grab when we're going off to see the movies so they all have their use great okay um try to remember what else i asked you okay you said some specific uh buyers or vendors you're usually looking for um what do you have a general strategy for the kinds of uh shops you want to pa patronize I try to do the the farmers and the crafters themselves. I try to go to people who are selling stuff that they either grow or make themselves. I tend to avoid booths that are just selling some commercial yarn at some great price because, well, I, 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 uh, I work part-time at a yarn store and she gives me a great price on yarn so if it's readily available there's no reason for me to come up here and haul it back home. 
I try to find unique items, items that are different, and support the farmer and the crafters. Great. Okay. Um, I guess I didn't mention it. I don't know if I did. Uh, this is Carrie from Knitwits, Rantings of a Rabid Knitter. I'm very thrilled to meet her in person. And we had a, a wonderful talk yesterday, which I recorded, which I think my recorder then erased. So today, after this, I'm taking the disc out and replacing it with another disc. So that cannot happen again. <laughs> as long as the x-ray at the airport doesn't erase it. I don't think that it does, because I've done that before. But um, I guess real quick, do you have any stories you want to share with us today? Just off the top of your head on the fly? <laughs> off of the top of my head on the fly. Well, I saw a woman walking out with a lamb this morning, and it brought to mind a friend of mine. She's like me. She doesn't have any kids, and she's not that fond of children and babies. In fact, she looks at children and babies as these loud, stinky, smelly things that are rather obnoxious and doesn't quite get why anyone would ever want to purposely go out and get one. Elaborate parasites. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, sorry, 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 sorry. So she um, she has this feeling towards babies, and one day she came to a festival. It wasn't it wasn't this festival. It was a smaller festival. I think it was SAF, in fact, up in uh, in the mountains of North Carolina, the Southeastern Animal Fiber Festival that's in the fall. She was there, and they were going through looking at the animals. And a guy was trying to deal with a ewe, and her lamb, the ewe's lamb, was very upset, which was making the mother very upset. And so he was, he couldn't deal with both the lamb and the ewe. So he picks up the lamb and he just puts it in my friend's arms. She has never held such a precious, beautiful baby in all of her life and her heart melted and you could just see the look on her face going oh this is so precious and it finally clicked as to what people thought about human babies just for her she'd rather have the four-legged kind like I do <laughs> thank you for coming by and letting me tell you a story I also would like on the record I plan on doting on my sister's children. <laughs>